just say, not just say, not to say I wasn't grieving in the evening. Not to say, not to say, not to say. Hello and welcome to 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Stalter. Back after taking the day off on Friday, I'm sure you enjoyed the podcast with John Paulson and Chris Harris. John Paulson, who joins me right now, I heard it was a long one, John. Yeah, Chris makes it easy when uh, we have him on. He does most of the talking. And uh, we. And I, I was joking on the podcast that uh, finally all the people that uh, hit me up on Twitter and say that uh, the podcast is not long enough. Our podcast is not long enough because we usually go about a half hour. Everybody wants it. Not everybody, but most people want it longer. It doesn't uh, fill up their entire commute. Uh, to and from work or whatever. So uh, we, I was glad we knocked out a, an hour-long one on Friday. If if people want more Paulson and Stalter, we can do some more banter, John. I mean, you should hear some of the conversations that we have off the podcast, although I think, I think some of those are political. I think they want... I think they want football stuff, though, so more fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Before we dive into the fantasy fallout from Week 15, tell us about the music that brought us in. Yeah, it's a band called... Uh, Feo and the Get Down Stay Down there from San Francisco. Uh, the name of the track is Nobody Dies uh, from their 2016 album, A Man Alive. Uh, so I put it on the uh, Most Accurate Podcast playlist, which you can find on Spotify. And if you can't find it there via search, uh, go to the uh, 444.com website, look for one of the podcast posts, and uh, there's a link in the podcast post uh, to that playlist. Uh, check it out. Very good. All right, so Ty Montgomery absolutely went off for your Green Bay Packers yesterday. Uh, I, I've got I've got a lot of friends that are Lions fans, but at this point, as a Falcons fan, I'm either hoping Atlanta jumps up into that two seed, John, or your Green Bay Packers win the NFC North. I do not want to see the Packers as a six seed coming back to the George Dome, even even though the Falcons have already beaten the Packers this year. That that 2010 playoff game is still burned into my memory. I don't want to see you guys as the sixth seed. So can the Packers just go ahead and and win the NFC North and get out of that wild card spot? Well, I don't know. Are they are they in the position for the wild card right now? I haven't looked at they're, the. They're not even as of right now because we're recording this before the Panthers and Redskins game yeah. on Monday Night Football. The Packers aren't even in the playoffs, right. but I'm seeing how this works out. the The Lions have to go to Dallas next week. Then they're. They go, they're at home against the Packers in week 17. I'm just seeing that Detroit Lions collapse right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing the Packers also somehow clinch this thing. So, yeah, I, th- I think that they're, if they're going to get in, they're going to have to win the NFC North. I think they're at 10 and 6, they may be able to do the, uh, get the play, uh, get a wild card, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not counting on that. I think their best route is just to win all their games <laughs> and win the, <laughs> win the whole damn thing. Yeah. Now that, uh, now that Detroit dro- finally dropped one. Uh, it's they just need to win out, which is but but beating the Vikings and the the Lions is uh, not has not been an easy task lately for the Packers. So we'll we'll see. But you want you asked about Ty Montgomery? Yeah. So um, he he rushed. To, here's my specific question for you, John, just so we can kind of make this define because Montgomery did go off. Like I said, 16 carries, 162 yards, two touchdowns, and the Packers win over the Bears. Is he safe to fire up as an RB2 against the Vikings? Because I, I saw that you had him listed among your wide receivers because Mike McCarthy didn't even state that he was a running back officially. Yeah, well, he finally did. But the way that we are ranking is at we have him at receiver because we need to make sure that our rankings match whatever Fantasy Pros is doing for the accuracy purposes. We don't want to have 
uh, Ty Montgomery in ranked in with the running backs if uh, they're they're looking for him to be ranked within the receivers. So uh, if they change their designation, we'll change ours. I'm sure next year he'll be listed uh, as a running back. I'm interested to see if he changes his number because it's so odd seeing a uh, number 88 getting uh, 12, 13 carries uh, or he got 16 carries yesterday. So it's really an odd feeling, but um it was weird. It was weird listening to uh, some of press conference, uh, uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference, talking about uh, Ty Montgomery and how good of a runner he is. Because uh, I was joking on Twitter that he we, he's telling us stuff that we knew ten weeks ago um, when, like, that he, that he was there. He was a running back and he was the best running back or whatever. Uh, when he had uh, ten carries for ninety eight yards against Dallas, ten carries for. I'm sorry, those were 10, no, those were uh, receptions, but he had uh, three carries, uh, I'm sorry, nine carries for 60 yards uh, in week seven, seven carries for 53 yards, and then uh, against Indianapolis in week nine, and then he proceeds to give uh, uh, James Starks uh, the bulk of the work um, for the next three or four games, of which they lose two. Um, so it was a little bit, uh, you know, glad to have you on board, Mike McCarthy, with Ty Montgomery as a running back, because he did a really good job yesterday. I think... To answer your question, um, I'm getting off of my Mike McCarthy rant. Uh, but to answer your question, he's, he is safe, I think, next week. Uh, the, the, the Vikings are, uh, mediocre against the run. Their, their strength tends to be against the pass. So, uh, the running game seems to be getting, uh, the Packer running game is getting, uh, going right now between him and Kristen Michael. So I think they'll, uh, probably try to establish it, uh, early and often, uh, which, and what's probably was going to be a cold, uh, cold game next week against the Vikings. Speaking of the Vikings, Adrian Peterson played yesterday, but he rushed just six times for 22 yards. He caught one pass for one yard. He also lost a fumble in that ugly performance against the Colts. Is he safe to avoid against the Packers in Week 16? Because you know you're going to have some people that are tempted now that it's going to be his second game and not his first game back. Yeah, I think it depends on your situation because there is some upside with him because he's Adrian Peterson, but he hasn't. Uh, run the ball, run the ball very well for a while now. This is going to be a tough matchup, uh, against uh, the Packers defense, who's, you know, they're pretty good against the run. They're better against the run than they are the pass. So the Vikings, if they were wise, they would attack the Packers secondary like the, the Bears did. Uh, it seemed like every time Matt Barkley dropped back yesterday, there was, uh, he found the open receiver and the guy was wide open. Um, so given the way that the Vikings are run blocking that offensive line, this is that would be a really a tough stretch to start Peterson, but uh, you know, with the understanding that there are some folks out there that are, are trying to stream that RB two position or that flex position, uh, and there is a bit of upside with with Peterson if he gets it going or breaks a long one against the Packers. Let's stay on the running back uh, page here. Kenneth Farrow rushed fifteen times for thirty nine yards, caught two of three targets for an additional fourteen yards. He also outtouched Ronnie, Ronnie Hillman seventeen to seven. But he fumbled twice, and one of those one of those fumbles was lost. It was crucial because San Diego's w- was backed up, and it led to an Oakland score. If Melvin Gordon doesn't return in Week 15, and he might, but let's let's make the assumption that he doesn't return. Where do you think you'll rank Farrow in 20, in uh, Week 16? Well, we'll we'll have to wait for some of the beat writers to sort of chime in on uh, if if he's getting demoted or anything. But I doubt they're going to um, sit him down at this point in the season. Um, over a couple of fumbles, uh, the the matchup is fantastic against Cleveland. Uh, so if he's going to get 15 carries or 17, 18 touches against against the Browns, then uh, he'll be ranked as an RB two probably in the 
kind of the same range as he was this week. It was a good it was a good matchup this week as well. But the the Raiders' rush defense uh, showed up, and he only had 39 yards and 15 carries. Uh, I would expect him to fare better against the the Browns, who are uh, one of the worst leagues uh, worst in the league against the run. Uh, believe it or not, John, the $72 million doesn't really go as far as it used to in, in America. Uh, Brock Osweiler is benched finally in Houston. Tom Savage takes over, and he's going to start this Saturday when the Texans take on the um, – who they face? They face the – Bengals. Bengals, thank you. So the Texans, who are in that fight with the Tennessee Titans, who will play in Week 17 – they're going to go with Tom Savage again. He he certainly earned the start. He didn't look great, but he 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 moved the ball a lot better than what Brock Osweiler did. My question for you: How does this change this change at quarterback for Houston? How does that affect DeAndre Hopkins? Well, certainly a little bit of an upgrade because he had the eight catches yesterday, um, so the volume was there for him, and that's that's important. Uh, Savage threw for 260 yards on 36 attempts, so 7.2. Uh, yards per attempt. That's significantly better than whatever Brock Osweiler um, was doing. I'm looking it up right now. 5.75 yards per attempt. I believe that's Yikes. the worst. Yeah, it's the worst in the league uh, by a pretty sizable margin. Um, so, so Savage, I think, is actually a decent streaming play too. We're going to talk. We're going to talk waiver wire later, but um, against Cincinnati, Cincinnati's uh, decent against the pass, but they're 17th and adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, against quarterbacks, the the nice thing here with with Houston is that this game would be indoors, whereas so many of the uh, you know low end streaming options that are out there are going to be playing in in cold weather uh, environments, and that, that kind of puts a damper on their upside. We'll move on again, like you mentioned. We'll we'll do some waiver wire watches, some waiver wire options for Week 16, and you you've got a couple course quarterbacks that you're lukewarm on. But let's talk about AJ Green. So Bob Holtzman of ESPN reports that Green will play in Week 16 against the Texans. But I I even had this written down, John. I don't know why I, I had to brain fart and ask you who they were playing. Uh, so so the Bengals are playing the Texans, barring an unexpected setback. Green's going to play. So with fantasy owners playing in championship games or semifinal games this week, would you trust Green as a starter? Well, I think so. If he's able to go and if he's getting full practices in, I, I think he's pretty close. I don't, I wouldn't expect 100% of AJ Green. I would expect, you know, roughly 90% of his usual production. Uh, the other issue is that it's, it's a pretty difficult matchup against the, the Texans. Uh, they're sixth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. I think they're going to even be better after they, uh, run the numbers for this week, uh, since they really shut down Marquise Lee and, and Allen Robinson yesterday. Um, how bad does, uh, the Jacksonville passing game look? Um, but I, I think if you're heading into week 16 and you're, you're sitting there deciding between AJ Green and, and one of the other wide receiver two, wide receiver threes that are probably on your bench, uh, I, I doubt there's too many owners that are going to uh, feel comfortable sitting him, um, given his overall talent. And he's, he's, he's apparently coming back to try to crack the thousand yard mark and he only needs 36 yards to do that so let's hope he doesn't just catch one pass for 36 yards and then call it a day <laughs> that would be brutal uh, especially with owners waiting this long for for aj green to potentially yeah. come back you're in your championship game you're in your semifinal game and you're right he catches that and that's it one more note here for for fantasy fallout cameron Brait caught five of eight targets yesterday in the uh last night in that loss against the cowboys he turned those eight targets and those five catches into 73 yards and a touchdown against Dallas. Do you like Braid as a low-end low, low end tight end one for Saturday's game against the Saints? 
Yeah, I actually think he's a mid-range tight end one at this point. I, I had him ranked ahead of uh, Antonio Gates uh, up until Saturday, and then I got caught up in the Antonio Gates tight end touchdown uh, record narrative. Uh, I thought that they that he'd be peppered with targets around the end zone, trying to get him the um, to get him the record. He's two away from Tony Gonzalez uh, to tie, and three away to win. And of course, Hunter Henry is the one that gets a touchdown. Um, so, Bray, uh, you know. He has been really good lately. Uh, he played New Orleans two weeks ago, uh, had four catches for 47 yards and five targets. That was, um, you know, really his worst game in, in, in a month. Uh, he's, he had six for 86 and a touchdown and nine targets against San Diego. And then, of course, five for 73 and a touchdown yesterday against Dallas on eight targets. He's playing 80, 90% or 80, 85% of the snaps. So, um, in, a, in what should be a, a fairly high scoring game against the Saints, I think he's a, he's going to be a quality uh, tight end one. Let's hand out some waiver wire options for week 16. Two quarterbacks that you're lukewarm on, Matt Barkley and Sam Bradford. Barkley looked pretty good against the Packers yesterday. Sam Bradford, not so much against the Indianapolis Colts. But given, given the options that are available and some of the weather conditions, John, these two make about as best sense as you can possibly make for the quarterbacks for week 16. Yeah, the matchups are, Really good. If you look at Washington, uh, they're 26 and just a fancy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, the Packers got a little, had been moving up into the middle range because they did such a nice job against the uh, Seahawks two weeks ago. But then, of course, they got destroyed yesterday. Uh, they did have the three picks, uh, which made it a, a decent outing for the defense. But, you know, Barkley was dropping back and just finding open receivers all over the place. He averaged 8.4 yards per attempt, 362 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, you figure, Washington probably leads in this one uh, against the Bears, and, and Barkley's going to have to throw the ball. Uh, Bradford is I'm less uh, less uh, I guess I'm <laughs> I'm more I'm more warm on Barkley. <laughs> I'm less lukewarm on Bradford, uh, just because he's had just a difficult time throwing touchdowns, and, and you know he gets a decent amount of yardage, but yesterday against the Colts, uh, uh, unable to find the end zone, has the one pick. Uh, Decent yardage, uh, but the, the, the matchup again is good against the Packers. Uh, but the, the game is in, uh, Green Bay. So we're looking at what sort of weather, uh, are we going to have? Also, the Packer defense last time they were in Green Bay, uh, did a nice job, uh, you know, against a, a much better quarterback, Russell Wilson. So, um, I, I would favor Barkley at home against the, the Redskins if I had to pick between these two. Justin Forsett, you like as a potential waiver wire option. Uh, the, the Denver Broncos have had major issues trying to run the football, and Justin Forsett's really bounced around, but you like him in Week 16. Well, like is a strong word. I was looking through the list, and it's like, oh, who do I, who's still available on the wire that you might want to pick up and you know roll out there? But Forsett sure. at least is getting touches. He's got uh, he had 10 carries yesterday for 37 yards against a pretty good uh, New England rush defense. He had four catches for 16 yards. Um, the matchup against the, the Chiefs is not good. Uh, but at least you're getting a guy who, uh, has, is going to get 10 to 15 carries or 10 to 15 touches at least. And there's a chance that he, uh, does a little bit of work in the passing game since the, the Chiefs may, might jump out to lead in, in this one. Um, the, the thing that, the one thing that's nice about it is that he's, he's definitely the lead back right now in that, in that backfield. And who would have thought that we would be talking about Justin Forsett as the starter in Denver when he was with, whatever his other two teams this year and Devonta Booker was taking over as the, as the starter. I think uh, he kind of blew the blew his opportunity to win that job. No kidding. 
So on Friday, you texted me and you said, hey, what about Algic Robinson? Do you think that with Julio Jones out and Mohamed Sanu in, will he, will he get a fair amount of looks? And I actually thought Justin Hardy would, uh, would line up more in the slot. And good thing you went with Algic Robinson as a potential, um, you know, a better option than Justin Hardy because Robinson nabbed four or five targets for a career high 111 yards in the Falcons win against the 49ers. And he could he could be a potential option if Julio Jones is out again. Yeah, that that's a situation where you look at Sanu. It's it's good to look and see where the uh, players line up and where, where they run their routes from. And when we were having that conversation over text, I, I noted that uh, Sanu plays like 60 percent in the snap uh, in the slot. And that was gonna, and then you said, "Oh yeah, that'll probably push Hardy to the bench." And then you have Robinson as the as a deep threat uh, playing Julio Jones' spot, um, and that's sort of what happened. He he played eighty one percent of the snaps. He only saw five targets, but uh, he turned he caught four for one hundred eleven yards. It was a big day for him, and you know he's a kind of a big play receiver. Um, and then the question is whether or not Julio plays, because if Julio plays, then you're, you're probably looking at Gabriel, who had the shoulder injury but came back, uh, Sanu. And um, and Julio as your top three receivers, Justin Hardy maybe rotating in with Sanu, and then Alder Robinson getting a half, handful of snaps. He was only really playing fifteen to twenty percent of the snaps with Julio active. So this is a sort of a Julio insurance, but the the matchup is really nice against Carolina. They're twenty eighth uh, in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. It's amazing too. Now, granted, they they played the two two of the worst teams in the NFL, but the Falcons without Julio Jones, John have scored over 40 points in back-to-back games. They scored over 40 against the Rams on the road. They had two defensive touchdowns in that one, but uh, nevertheless, 40 points. And they scored 40-plus 40 po- 40 points against the 49ers yesterday. It's like no Julio Jones, no problem. It's amazing to see some of the speed and, and a lot of the depth now that the Falcons have at the wide receiver position, where I felt, John, in, in years past with under Mike Smith, there are so many times where – they would reserve those that fourth and fifth wide receiver spot for just special teams guys. Now they've got Taylor Gabriel, they've got Aldrick Robinson, and it's no wonder why they're one of the best offenses in the league. Well, enjoy it while you can because eventually they're going to run into the Packers in the playoffs and it's all <laughs> going to be over. We talked about this before. The Packers are going to win the division and the Falcons will avoid them at least at the start. Yeah. Uh, one, one more waiver wire option. Let's hand out a tight end. Ryan Griffin, he, he caught – uh, eight passes for 85 yards, and he was only targeted eight times. He was targeted eight times. I don't want to say only, but he was targeted eight times, got all eight for 85 yards in the Texans' Week 15 win over the Jaguars. Maybe he's another option at tight end uh, now that Tom Savage, Savage has taken over at quarterback. Yeah, he uh, was a sneaky start last week. I moved him up to 14 on Saturday, and I just had a feeling about him. Um, with CJ Fedorowicz out, uh, they still, you know, he, he wasn't a guy who was bringing off the bench and hadn't done anything all year. He had, you know, he's been consistently getting four to five, six targets. Uh, he had a 10 target game against uh, New England back in week three at eight catches, eight catches for 52 yards, followed it up with three for 54 against the, uh, Titans in week four on five targets, but kind of a, you know, a, a sleeper at the position all year in terms of just, He's going to get three to five, six targets every week, even with Fedorowitz playing. And then with Fedorowitz out, you just look at his snap time and how it jumps from uh, 35 to 50% up all the way up to 79% last, uh, yesterday against the Jaguars. And, uh, he paid off there with the eight catches for 85 yards. I was hoping he'd get a touchdown. I had him in my DraftKings lineup as well. Um, but I was happy to get the 16.5 out of him. 
this week against Cincinnati, uh, they're 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, the key is, is, uh, Fedora still out with that concussion. Uh, we don't know what severity that concussion was. It didn't look like he was close to practicing, uh, last week, but you know, he might make his return Wednesday, Thursday and, and be able to play. I think the one thing working in Griffin's favor is that we have one, like, uh, one less day, uh, since all those games are now, uh, on Saturday instead of Sunday. Uh, which is throwing my schedule off, by the way, but hashtag fantasy analyst problems again. Uh, but uh, it's one less day for, to get cleared and get through all the, the hurdles they have to jump for the, for the uh, concussion protocol. Uh, so if, if Fedoritz is out, look at uh, streaming Griffin once again. Let's do a couple minutes on Monday, the Monday Night Football matchup. You have Carolina going to Washington. I think the only injury situation, John, would be Jordan Reed, and, and he looks like he's set to play tonight. So I would imagine he's a safe play to fire up against Carolina, given how good he has been when he's healthy. Well, uh, yeah, and he's the, the problem here is you just don't know what level he, he's going to be able to perform at. He had the one catch for 10 yards on a tar- one target against Philly, but he only played 21% of the snaps. And is that going to jump to his usual 79 uh, 80, 90% of the snaps, or is he still going to be limited? The, the matchup's great against Carolina, 29th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Um, but we just don't know, uh, what, you know, what level he's at. I think if you have him, uh, you probably have to start him at this point. There's no other option unless you're going to roll Vernon Davis out there, but I, I, w- I would pay attention to the inactives tonight to make sure that he's good to go. Um, if he's had some sort of setback, they might sit him and let Vernon Davis. Uh, carried the load against the the Panthers, in which case he would you know be a top ten type tight end as well. Um, but it does look like he's going to play. I just I'm worried about his uh, actual activity after his 21 percent snap usage uh, last week. Any other players that you're keeping an eye on for tonight? Well, you've Kelvin Benjamin. I faded a lot of the Benjamin. He has a back's injury. He has been playing uh, poorly lately. But uh, this is one of those situations where I'm kind of bracing for a big uh, Cam Newton. Outburst because he tends to score about four fantasy points more on Monday night uh, than he does during on Sundays. Now that's a very small sample. I think he's played four. I've lost my spreadsheet here, but he played, I think he's played four Monday night games. He just tends to uh, do a little bit more. He's been uh, dealing with a shoulder injury and his accuracy has been off the last couple of weeks. So we'll see if that um, sort of rectifies itself. But uh, Ted Ted Ginn. Uh, I actually have ranked ahead of Kelvin Benjamin this week because Ginn's been more uh, consistent. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side of the ball, Kirk Cousins is, you know, my number two quarterback this week. I moved him ahead of Aaron Rodgers uh, when I saw the the weather there in in, uh, in Chicago. Uh, it didn't, it's funny, funnily enough, it wasn't uh, the weather that uh, stopped Aaron Rodgers from having a big fancy day. It was Devontae Adams' hands since he <laughs> oh, dropped man, two horrible. beautiful balls. Too beautiful ball. But Devontae's played so well, it's not like this is a drop on top of drop with him. It's just a bad – it was a bad game. They didn't lose it because of him. But uh, certainly that's no uh, consolation for Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams' owners who really needed uh, at least one of those touchdown catches uh, yesterday. Uh, but I think Cousins is going to have a big game against uh, the Panthers. Uh, the, the Panthers are getting a little bit healthier defensively, uh, but they've been pretty bad against the pass all year. I had Devon, so I was in two semifinal games yesterday, and one of it, one of them was against my buddy, and I had Devonte Adams starting. And uh. midway through, and I had a lot of late guys. I had like Drew Brees, um, Devonte Freeman, Tevin Coleman, and a bunch bunch of guys late guys playing, and I was getting smoked. And I texted my buddy after the second Devonte Adams touchdown drop, and I I said, hey, listen, I didn't. 
Dear Josh, and that's my buddy's name. Dear Josh, I didn't know what to get you for Christmas, so I just decided to tank Start. Anthony's Anthony's fantasy football game. Merry Christmas. Uh, and I wound up I'm it's he's he's out of players and I wound up having a great day and I'm I'm gonna win. So I kinda feel bad about it, but I can't have Devontae <laughs> Adams do that again do that again against me, uh for me for me that next week in the championship. He's he's gotta hang on to some of these touchdowns. Yeah, he he has had a tendency of when he has a quiet game, he comes back and has huge games and uh, we might talk about that a little bit more next week, but uh or on Friday. Uh, but uh this was definitely not one of his better games. He did have a couple of nice catch or one nice catch or two nice catches. He had a nice play on the sideline where he uh, made a guy miss and, and got a first down. But uh, yeah, he could definitely could have had a much bigger day. Does your guy have a pick tonight? Nothing tonight. No, nothing tonight. All right. I'm going to actually, I, I like the points here. I think the, the point spread is way too high. I don't think Carolina's checked out, even though they've got nothing to play for. And I can see this being kind of an emotional game because every, all, all the papers have talked about is the Josh Norman, Versus Panthers situation, mm-hmm. and you know Washington's got everything to play for. So maybe maybe they come out a little tight. The bottom line is the point spreads jump from three and a half up to seven, and uh, that looks like a lot of wise guy action. But I'll, I'll take the seven, the, the seven with the Carolina Panthers. I think that's that's a good bet. And you know how I like uh, underdogs on Monday Night Football, John. So I'll take the uh, Panthers. Is, the is that one of your rules? I know you like taking the points at home. I do. I do. I like taking the points with bad Dude. bad teams. And that doesn't necessarily apply here with the Redskins in the playoff picture. But nevertheless, I'll take the Carolina Panthers plus the points in this one. Excellent. So we'll check back on Friday with you. Make sure that uh, you head to 444.com and check out all of John's rankings for the early game. So there's going to be games on Saturday this week. There's only two on Sunday, and you still got a Monday night and a Thursday night game. But make sure you head to 444.com. Check out all of John's great rankings that will be posted uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow being Tuesday. You can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well if you're so inclined at Anthony Stalter. We'll see you on Friday for the 444.com Friday edition of the Most Accurate Podcast. Nobody died. Nobody died.